Today's episode of the Goldcast was recorded half of it on Sunday, half of it today. So there might be a little bit of a timeline jump uh, in terms of what we talk about. But uh, we're glad to be back. We, we missed a week there, but we're happy. We're excited. Raymond, why don't you let them know where can they find us? You can like us at facebook.com slash thegoldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at thegoldcast underscore. You can also follow us on Instagram at thegoldcast. And you can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same title of The Goldcast. Like, comment, subscribe. We do appreciate it. And keep on listening. All right, Raymond. We've got a fun episode today. We were gone for a week. I missed you. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm excellent. Life's Thank you for good. asking. We we have a big episode for you. First, we're going to start off with our Super Bowl picks, and then we're going to talk some NBA, mainly Warriors, Celtics, and those pesky, or are they pesky? Cavaliers. But first, the Goldcast intro. Let's get busy. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sousa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis the First, baby. Boom! We're back. We were gone. We left you without a hot rhyme to step to, but now we're back. The Super Solis brothers are in the house. Goldcast, first of all, Raymond, welcome back. A little bit of a, a one-week break there, but we are here. We are here. And the first thing I want to talk about is the Super Bowl. One week away, Philadelphia Eagles versus oh, the, oh, the fucking New England Patriots for the billionth effing time they are here this is an opportunity for philly to get revenge on the new england patriots after the 2004 loss this is their opportunity they got there in the most unlikely ways even though they were the number one seed they had nick Foles. no one thought nick Foles was going to show up he did in amazing fast fashion vintage 2013 2014 nick Foles was there the chip kelly nick Foles, and he balled out he's finally gotten used to the system and now philly finds themselves in the final round against the New England Patriots. The line on this has moved back and forth several times. I want to know what you think about this particular matchup, Raymond. I want to start with you. As we all know, Raymond has a gift. We call it the whispers, the whispers, the whispers, the whispers. The whispers, the whispers, the whispers, the whispers. Sometimes the whispers are wrong. Many times they are not. Raymond. What is your prediction? What is going to happen this coming Sunday in Minnesota? How do you think that game's going to go down? Who do you think is going to win? I know who you want to win, but who do you think will actually win? Well, the Whispers didn't do a damn thing good for me last week as I thought Minnesota would really show up. And I also thought that the Jags would overcome New England, and to be honest, they dominated that game up until the fourth quarter when they changed from their base defense to a soft zone, which a quarterback like Tom Brady can pick apart all day. So 
They tried to play a prevent-style defense by giving such large zones yardage, and then Tom Brady just picked them apart underneath and just got big chunk plays and was able to put up enough points to to overcome them, and the defense couldn't stop them at that point because they weren't playing a set that allowed them to stop them the entire game. So Jags really bit themselves in the foot. And on the other end, um, it was the Philadelphia defense that just completely dominated Minnesota, who was able to overcome New Orleans' defense. And then, likewise, New Orleans' offense, which struggled against the Minnesota defense for the most part, um, even though that they were on the verge of losing that game, could not do a damn thing against Philadelphia. And I think that this is going to be much the same way against New England, albeit New England's offense is much, much more potent than Minnesota. So I do think they're going to put up a better fight. But I do think Philadelphia's defense is going to win the day and they're going to dominate because the front they can rush four and still put enough pressure on you um, and have enough guys in the backfield to really minimize New England's passing attack, and I think they're going to do that. And I think Tom Brady's going to have a really tough time getting the ball out on time and staying on his feet up time and, most importantly, stepping up in the pocket, which is what he does. He's not a scrambler. Uh, He's a guy that will sit in the pocket, step up, make throws when it collapses on the edges. But Philadelphia does a great job of mixing it up and doing blitzes and stunts with his guys to plug up the middle and also apply pressure from the edge. So I think a lot of that's going to be happening and I'm going to say exactly what I told another friend of mine, uh, 35-17 Philadelphia. Oh, my God. 35-17? Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> we're, we're, over, we're overdue for a Tom Brady ass whooping. And there is no better place to have it done than the Super Bowl. Okay, so let's talk about this. When when this first all went down, I was like, "There's no way, man. Brady Brady's donezo, baby. Brady is donezo." And I mean, I'm sorry, Brady. I'm sorry. Let me. When I thought this was done, I thought Philly is donezo. Philly's done. There's no way. There's no way this, that that Philly's going to be able to beat them. It's too much. It's too much. And like you, I started really thinking about that that New England Jacksonville game. They literally could put no pressure, no pressure on Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles was back there sending text messages, selfies, and emojis to anybody that could listen to him. Hey, look, I'm in the AFC Championship. You know, emoji, star face, little guy with the monocle. And they th- that defense is horrendous. And Blake Bortles was a couple of bad passes and a couple of uh, ref-swallowing uh, pass interference plays away from winning that game. The defense of Philly... Is I believe it's second ranked defense is behind Jacksonville, right behind Jacksonville. Is that where it is? Minnesota, Minnesota was number one in the NFC, right? So right, or were they number one? Was it? Does it go Minnesota, Philly, Jacksonville? Am I correct in that order of defenses? Yeah, I don't know. They're not. They're not a Forty Nine er team, so I don't keep those numbers as close as my head. You know, if you want to hear those, you got to go to the Minnesota, Jacksonville, Philadelphia cast, which is uh, airing tomorrow somewhere else in the world. So, anyways, I know Philly somewhere there in the top three. As again, I'm not a Philly fan. It's not my deal. It's not my cast. That's the, that's the Eagles cast. Different different guys. But their defense can hang at that level, 
Nick Foles is not Blake Bortles. He's a much better quarterback. He is still a backup. But he has found his groove. He's found his system. And they've got such a strong system there. He just has to stick to it. My only fear with Nick Foles is that the moment gets too big for him. He starts getting nervous and fucking up. I could see that happening. You know, it's a, it's a tough to be under the microscope for the Super Bowl. Having said that, let's go back. You have a team like Jacksonville that was this close. You know who the New England Patriots remind me of right now, Raymond? They remind me of the Cleveland Cavaliers last year in a weak-ass conference, weren't really tested at any point, really, in the post. Had a couple, you know, got a little close, got a little hairy a couple places, but that pretty sounds, much sounds a lot like uh, Tom it. Brady's career, never really tested. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady, that should be the new one, TB12, never really tested. Yeah, and when, so, when, yeah exactly. They, when, when has he ever been tested on the road to the playoffs? Give me a break. No, rarely ever. So, like like Cleveland, not really tested. No, no, you know, they looked better than they were. And then they ran into the Golden State Warriors who were a juggernaut. You know, literally sitting here, third and, you know, top three defense, top three offense. Philadelphia's got a top three defense, a top three offense. New England has a horrendous defense and a really good offense. Defense wins championships. They, that defense... If they give the time to Foles that they gave to Bortles, which I believe they will because that O-line's even better, I don't believe, I believe that plays into Philly's hands. If they chase Tom Brady the way they chased Case Keenum last week, that plays into Philadelphia's hands. I really started to think about this more and more and more. The I type of so. offense Third, that they play. In yards per game, Philadelphia, and total, total defense. In terms of yards per game, Philadelphia is number two in the NFL, in the entire NFL. That includes AFC and NFC. Um, in passing, Philadelphia is the number five ranked defense in all of the NFL. In rushing, Philadelphia is the number two ranked defense in all of the NFL. Yeah, so it is number two. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought Philly was, they were there at number two. So the more I thought about this, it just... I think New England looks better than they really are. And when you really watch that Jacksonville game, God, they were really exposed. They just were going against an inferior team. I think Philly's better coach than Jacksonville. I think they have a tighter offense. They have a tighter system. And I think that they've got a better quarterback than Jacksonville. And Jacksonville really had them on the edge. They played for one and a half quarters, two halves in a row. They let the game slip at the end of the second quarter, at the end of the fourth. I don't think Philly will do that. I, too, give the game to Philadelphia, but I'm going to go. I agree that 35 is going to win it. That's so funny you said that. I agree, too. I But I say New England 31. Tom Brady makes a big comeback. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady makes a big comeback in the end to, to make it interesting. But this is this is the caveat. Philadelphia has to play four quarters of football because Tom Brady is going to play five quarters of football within four. He was going to go till there are zero seconds left on the clock. He will keep coming and coming and coming. He will not stop. He will, he will, he will win the war of attrition if you back up for any second. They have to play five quarters of football in four because Tom Brady will. And if they can do that, if Philadelphia can do that, I'm saying there's a chance. What do you think about that? 
There is a I'll tell chance, you, a chance. I'll tell you, not only that, his throwing hand is still injured. Don't don't give me this crap that two weeks from now it's going to be healed. Ten stitches. Give me a break. Um, it's still going to be it's still uh, going to be that tender. That clearly wasn't an issue, but, I mean, we all knew he was going to get a cortisone shot or cortisol shot or whatever it is. Um, so, you know, he's going to be numb to whatever, whatever pain he was feeling before. 100%. 100%. So, I think, I really do believe this is, I really do think this is Philly's game to win. They really can pull this off. Now, here, Niner fans, Gold Cast Nation, 49er faithful. Let's talk about this for a hot second. We want Philadelphia to win. Because if Tom Brady gets a sixth ring, as many rings as Michael Jordan has in basketball, dude, and then they tied the Pittsburgh Steelers. They get to their quest for six before us, dude. Ugh, that's no bueno. So disgusting. Oh, oh. So gross. I, so gross. Oh man, so gross. The worst. The worst ever. Let me tell you about what I'm doing too. So I'm throwing a. Uh, we're calling it the Degenerate Gambler Super Bowl Party. Is what it's called. Twenty dollar buy-in for chips. You get twenty chips. Everyone gets twenty poker chips, and we're doing live prop betting the entire game. So, like, someone throws out a bet, everyone goes in or out on it, for or against it. Everyone goes in or out. Uh, we're doing live prop betting, and then we're also doing squares, $10 buy-in for the squares. So, uh, we, we're do, we, that's kind of our new thing is that we just bet at every one of these events. We bet it at the Royal Rumble today. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I say Philly. Raymond says Philly. Raymond, you say 35-17. Explain that to me. That's Break right. this game down. We're... What's Brady never comes back? What do you think happens? No, he doesn't come back. He gets dominated. He gets dominated, and Philly doesn't does not take their foot off the gas pedal. In a nutshell, that is that is what's going to happen. A, okay, all right. Well, I hope you're right. I say thirty five, thirty one. Goldcast Nation, what do you say? What do you think is going to happen? Who do you think is going to win? Let us know down in the comments, man. The YouTube comments are always so live and direct. I love it. I love it. Speaking of, we are flipping to video. It's just been a couple little delays. It's been a little bit trickier. We, a couple delays. We are flipping to video early Feb. We got to push it back just a tad. Obviously, we're not on video right now. All right, so moving on, Raymond, let's move on. We've got Warriors and Celtics on Saturday which was 109 to 104 in favor of the Warriors. And then last night, we had Warriors and Jazz. Final score, 99-129 in favor of the Jazz. A little bit of a wasn't rowdy It wasn't even there. worth watching. Um, yeah, it wasn't. Um, but I think Saturday night was a sneak preview of the... NBA Finals this year. And so I wanted to hear see what you think. Do you think the Boston Celtics will be there standing as the last team representing the Eastern Conference when we go back to the Finals? Because I think the Warriors will go back. It's going to be a tough series, though. That Rockets series is going to be pretty insane. But do you believe... Do you believe that the Celtics can and will get there? What is your thoughts on that? I think they can get there, and I think there's a good chance they will get there because Cleveland's just a mess. I'm not saying Cleveland won't make the playoffs. They just won't be the number one seed. I think they're going to be there. And I think no one else is really 
playing as well as soundly as the Celtics are. So I think Cleveland maybe gets in there as like a three or four seed. I'm not even sure they they get in as a second seed. You know, I, I just don't see, especially now with Kevin Love, he's going to be out. He broke his hand last night. He's going to be out one and a half to two months. So they're already depleted and kind of beat up, you know, with, you know, you have a skeleton of Derrick Rose there. You have the shadow of Dwayne Wade on the bench. So I don't, I don't expect them to really kind of put it all together, you know, minus all those pieces and what they've given up. So I think it's, it's the Celtics to lose. And yeah, I think that is a good preview of the finals. I think Celtics would give the Warriors a good run for their money, but ultimately, especially once it gets to that stage, that's where the Warriors will really shine. The one the one thing that the Celtics will have going for them is Kyrie because he's been to that stage three years in a row, having won one where he was, you know, the big the big clutch player in that series. So they'll at least have that going for them, you know, should they make it to the finals. But on the Warriors side, you have too many weapons, too many, and that's what they're playing for. You know, this this season, they're almost kind of sleepwalking through it in, in a fashion. Last night was one of those where they were not only sleepwalking, but sleepwalking straight into a wall. But once what the regular season, <laughs> the regular season will be a little bit different because they'll be kind of like, they're like, all right, we're, we already know we're good enough to get this. So, you know, a, a win like this, a loss like last night against the Jazz by 30-plus is obviously not good. But, you know, which means they're probably going to bounce back strong against the Kings, which is next on the schedule. But uh, I think it's a, it was a great – it was a terrific game. It was a playoff-caliber game. Kyrie versus Curry seemed to take center stage. Klay Thompson didn't play all that well in terms of shooting. Uh, his defense is always very, very good. Uh, Durant was great. Draymond Green was terrific down the stretch, especially when they really, really needed him in those crunch time moments. But this was really kind of about Kyrie and Steph Curry. And Steph Curry outplayed him for sure. Put up 49 points. Kyrie put up, you know, almost 40. And I think he did, what, 37? So, you know, there there's a lot to say about these two players in terms of their offense. But, you know, Curry just was unstoppable. So, whereas... Whereas Curry yielded 37 from Kyrie, but they but the Warriors also do switch a lot, so it's not that Curry is constantly guarding him. And whereas Kurt, you know, um, Kyrie yielded you know 49 off to Curry, and you know they they do a lot of switches over in the on the Celtics defense too, so it's not always Kyrie as well. Just to be fair, but I think Brad Stevens is probably the next best coach next to you know Greg Papa, who's in his twilight of his career, probably the most accomplished of the elite coaches in the NBA, but I would say as far as like in their prime right now, Steve Kerr is obviously in the middle of his prime. And then Brad Stevens is kind of the, the, the up and coming, you know, the runner up right now and what, he, for what he's doing over in uh, Boston. And then who knows what'll happen when, uh, what's his name comes back. I forget his name. His name escapes me. All. Oh, uh, uh, Gordon. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. What, what, but uh, it was a great game. And last night was just a shitty game. I, I could barely listen to it on the radio. Yeah, it was just one of those games. Not not something we should we should be all that worried about. Although I really, right now the Cavs are third in the East. I really don't think they're gonna make it. Um, they were. I was looking at some stat. There was some stat. It was saying something. But they're they're like second to dead last in defense, and they were saying that. Um, 
only eight teams have ever even made the playoffs with that bad of a defense. I believe they're going to get to the playoffs no matter what because of LeBron James. But LeBron James was has been years overdue for this kind of season. Am I right? Like yeah. years overdue. Like like the season from hell, the season where everything collapses, everything falls apart. Players. I mean, every year it. I feel like every year it seems like the players on on LeBron's team like secretly half hate each other the whole time. That seems to be a consistent um issue from dating all the way back to the Heat, the Heat and the and the uh the Cavaliers. They, it just seems like there's always this, this like strange passive aggressive animosity culture that's kind of built amongst those players. It's always the impression I get. I'm obviously, you know, I'm not there. I don't I don't know for sure. It's just it's just the eye test. It just always looks like there's just, you know, LeBron's always kind of airing his dirty laundry and his annoyances online and on Twitter with these with these not so vague messages or, you know, he's saying passive aggressive things to the to the press. And so there's always there always seems to be like this tension on a LeBron James team. I mean, all the way back to the Heat. The Heat had the same thing, Cavs had the same thing. But it's like this is finally one of those years where the team has just collapsed on itself. And I felt like they were they were really due for that kind of a situation. And it plays right into the Warriors' hands either way. But yeah, I just they're just such a mess. And I think that uh I think I think Boston really has a chance here to uh to make it happen. I think they're playing really well. The the whole, the, the tricky part of course is, you know, can they beat LeBron? four times in a seven game series. That's, that's easier said than done. It is, but I think they can do it. They've got, they play better as a collective unit. They play defense, which is something Cleveland doesn't do. It's for some reason it's foreign. Um, But I think in a seven game series, Cleveland right now with, with their, in their current state, if they were to play right now, they would only get maybe two games out of a series. If they're at full strength, then I would expect it to go to like seven. I think it, it has the capability of going to seven. Yeah. What about what about Houston? What what do you think how much of a problem do you think Houston presents for the Warriors in the in the playoffs? You think that's a seven game series? I think they pose they're as much a threat, you know, as I don't know, the Spurs, um, Spurs probably even more, you know, but uh, for some reason, Kawhi Leonard, they can't seem to fix that injury, that nagging quadricep injury. And so there's something going on there too. And San Antonio also can't get free agents to play around Leonard. So that's another thing too, that seems to be something that holds them back from going into the next era of their success. Uh, Houston Rockets are great. I mean, Harden put up 60 points. He had a triple-double, 60 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists over the Orlando Magic last night. But they also are very inconsistent on the defensive end. And if you're just depending on a a few players to have really good games, you know, I understand that they beat the Warriors two out of three times this year. But one game's a wash because it was in the beginning of the season, which doesn't really matter. The last game, Clay had... You know, Clay and Curry and Durant, they all had subpar nights in terms of what they do on a consistent basis. So if you're playing the odds, the likelihood of them having those types of nights, you know, four times in a seven game series to allow the Rockets to win is highly unlikely. So if you're playing the odds, Houston's just not just doesn't have enough. 
they have enough offensively. They don't have enough defensively. And if they're going to rely on bad shooting nights from the Warriors stars, then they're not. that's not enough to beat the Warriors. You have to play defense as good, if not better, than the Warriors do in order to stop them. Because not only do they have four all-stars, one who's a, a, a Swiss Army knife in terms of offense, steals, rebounds, defense, blocking, but you also have two other defenders in Clay Thompson, who's an underrated defender, and Kevin Durant, who's having a career year defensively and is just as potent as, as he has always been offensively. And the same with uh, Curry. Curry's obviously a little bit on the small side at 6'3", but can, is still one of the better defensive point guards in the NBA, not to mention the second and third unit mix and mashup of players that Kerr typically uses. He uses about 14 guys in his rotation. The Rockets use about half, less than half of that in their rotation. So not enough depth and stamina to also keep up with the Warriors as well. So uh, as, as much as people like to think the Rockets are a, a, a test, I think that the prop, what they have over other teams right now is they just can outshoot teams. They're like the Patriots without a defense. You know, they're just outscoring teams and teams aren't playing good enough defense and they're not defending the perimeter well enough. And that's why they're winning a lot. <clears throat> But in a seven-game yep, series, I, agree. I, would give I, it, think... I give it to the Golden State uh, in six. Houston's good enough to win. Yeah, two. I think they're kind of a... They're, they're a one-trick pony, for sure. They're a one-trick pony. Okay, Raymond, so last thing we're going to end with, we were talking about this a little bit offline. We were talking about Roger Craig being snubbed, snubbed in his final year of eligibility for the Hall of Fame. And I, uh, I thought that was kind of whack. I thought he, three Super Bowls, first first running back to get 1,000 yards rushing, 1,000 yards receiving in the same season, 2,000-yard season, three rings. I just feel like there's, there's less decorated running backs that are in the hall. You didn't necessarily agree. Explain why. Well— Craig doesn't necessarily have the collection of stats that you would normally expect out of a Hall of Fame caliber player. You know, he had he had a, a 11 year career. You know, Frank Gore's played 13 career years. I would give it to Frank Gore before I would give it to Roger Craig, even though Roger Craig had, you know, his best year was 1985, which was his third year in the league. He didn't duplicate that season, which was obviously unique in the vein of that he caught a thousand he caught a thousand yards and also rushed for a thousand yards. I argue I think he should have gone to the Pro Bowl in nineteen eighty six because he also had eight hundred and thirty rushing yards and six hundred and twenty four receiving yards. He wasn't able to duplicate that that many yards receiving um ever again after that year. So Well, you know, for, um Craig also first player ever to score three touchdowns in a Super Bowl. 14 years later, Marshall Falk became the only other person to accomplish the speed of 2000 and 2000 for the St. Louis Rams. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but Marshall Falk, I mean, if you look at the stats of Marshall Falk, Marshall Falk has way more accolades to go along with with that, not just not just having duplicated what Roger Craig has done. Even Frank Gore has more. Frank Gore has 8,000-yard seasons. Roger Craig has four um actually no one. i mean i just three. i feel like if roger we're gonna craig put if we're gonna put gore in the hall i think roger craig should definitely be in the hall of gore's in the hall frank gore has I, nine I, I, seasons. roger craig has three frank gore has five pro bowl trips roger craig has four 
Frank Gore is now a top 10 all time on the rushing list. Roger Craig is not even in the top 20. So Craig has three uh, rings. Gore has none. Yes, but it's not just about rings. There's lots of players that have three rings that are not in the hall. You know, I, I understand that that's part of it, but, you know, Marshall Falk also has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven thousand yard seasons. Seven Super Bowl rings? Has, I'm just kidding. He has seven Pro Bowl appearances, too. So he has almost double what Craig has. Um, obviously more than double in terms of rushing yard productions. He has 12,000 yards. So, you know, you, 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 he does have three rings, which is something Craig will always have over Marshall Falk and Frank Gore at this point in his career. So, cause he's not going to win. He's not going to play three more seasons and he's not going to win three Super Bowls in a row miraculously. Um, so he'll always have that statistic, but it's the body of work, not just like the main you know, the main points of accolades, you know, in his case, a thousand thousand seat, the 2000 season, the four pro bowl trips, the three super bowl rings, you need a little bit more than that. You know, Frank Gore has got a, I think a, with the exception of rings, he's got a better body of work in terms of, um, rushing yard production. He was also a pretty darn good receiver, especially in the early half of his season. He was averaging, uh, 400, almost 400 yards receiving a game uh, with the 49ers between 2006 and 2010, uh, which was awesome. It was a little less of that during the Harbaugh era because he was more of a, the power runner. He became more of a power runner in that scheme. But uh, this is a guy who can catch too. And Roger Craig was a terrific threat in the receiving game. But, you know, obviously those numbers tapered between 1990 and, the, the, and 1993. But his best years, you know, were obviously with the Niners. However, um, I just don't think there's enough there. You know, would, would I accept him if he did get voted in? Absolutely. He's obviously in the Hall of Fame for the Niners, you know, which is, you know, the next tier down. So he at least gets that and he'll be recognized forever within the Niners organization. But in terms of the grand scope of, you know, the grand scope of things, he just doesn't make the cut. Now, you could make a case considering that Terrell Davis is in there and Roger Craig is not because they've got some, some similarities there. And, and Terrell Davis didn't even play that long. Terrell Davis only has three pro bowl trips. He had 2000 yards rushing in 1998 and he only played from 95 to 2001 and he's in the hall. So I think that's a pretty good average. Uh, um, that's a pretty good argument to make. You know, in terms of probably the imbalance, if they allow somebody like Terrell Davis to get in there, but not Roger Craig, who's more decorated and has a better body of work than Terrell Davis, who pre pretty much just had four really good seasons out of, you know, the the eight that he played, then then, yeah, I think Roger Craig gets in there or should be in there. Uh, I, I, I That's what I said at the beginning. There's there's running backs that are less decorated that are in the hall. I think it's I think that's whack as hell that Roger Craig has been snubbed in his final year of eligibility. I did not like that. I was like, really? Come on, man. Uh but anyways, I digress. Who is who no, is picked who is picked in favor of him? I don't know who is picked in favor of him this year. Um so Raymond, before we go, why don't you let them know where can they find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis. You can also follow me on Instagram at Ray Solis One. Boom. You can find me on Instagram, Rudy Solis Three. You can also find me on Twitter at Rudy Solis Third, Rudy Solis Three R D. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis Third, and with me is my brother, my co host, Raymond Solis the First, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast.